Yeah, one of you is going to have to say something funny in the next minute or so. Oh, no one likes that sort of pressure. <laughs> I mean, I've not, I've not heard anything funny on this podcast for about three years. So. Whoa. Fine Whoa. talk. <laughs> Could just that call was... Adam a bald twat and leave it at that. Hey. I, can't, I can't talk, unfortunately. Less of the, the bald. <laughs> I honour the ding. <laughs> Welcome, this is the Long Snapper Podcast. If you don't know that, what are you doing here? Of course you know that. I'm Adam. Uh, we've got a bit of a, a change in personnel this week. Um, we've had to activate for his second appearance on the show from the practice squad. Uh, Mr. I'm going to call you Gregory Kett, even though I know your name's not Gregory. Hi, how are you? Very well, thank you. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the call up. I um, was, wasn't expecting it. Um God is great, blessed and all of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, no, it's great. It's, uh, I enjoyed last time I was on and then I wasn't invited for weeks. So I thought, um, well, never thought I'd get I'm, the call again. It, it's pretty much down to others being unavailable. I'll, I'll be honest. I said this when you asked me on, I said, look, availability is the best ability and, and <laughs> I, stand, I stand by that. <laughs> um, you can hear the, the gentle snigger of uh, Pat Jackson. How are you, Pat? Yeah, I'm good, Adam. I'm delighted to be here and not listening to Stevenage losing 2-0 to Northampton. So, uh, you know, you've rescued me from the pits of uh, League 2 despair. <laughs> well, oh, it's League 2, is it? It's not uh, the LDV Vans or the Papa John's Trophy this week. Yeah, th- then it would be the midst of uh, B-team boycott. Don't give a monkeys. And <laughs> <laughs> um, distracted by some Champions League football that's going on. Rich Newnham, how are you? Yeah, good. Sadly, I can't avoid it because it's actually on TV football. Um, and it was going swimmingly and now it's not. So I'm going to be a mixture of grumpy and angry on this podcast. So pretty much same as always. So Yeah, pretty standard. Um, we do tend, tend to record when Liverpool are playing quite often. <laughs> Somehow. Um, I think it's just because it's know. every other time it's on a Tuesday and I'm sitting here watching it and forget. I, I always forget. I always say yes and then forget that Liverpool are playing. I don't understand football on a Tuesday. It baffles me. Um, but... Not anymore. <laughs> we will We will move on. Um, obviously, you know what you're going to get, um, roughly. Um, there'll be some, some sentences where we talk about some games and um, uh, any other business, that sort of thing. Obviously, we'll start with a quiz. Um Rich, in fact, this this quiz should favour you. <laughs> Good. That worries <laughs> me about the format then. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if you saw, obviously, Geno Smith played for Seattle and he was the first guy not named Russell Wilson, Wilson to start for the, the Seahawks since 2012. Um, I saw a stat which said that the rest of the NFC West had used 28 starting quarterbacks in that time. <laughs> um, now, actually, it's 25 because three of them have played for two different teams in the NFC West. So there are 25 quarterbacks uh, to have played for either the Niners, the Cardinals or the Rams. So I just thought we'd do a... Might not last too long. Um, <laughs> last man standing kind of thing rich we will start with you and then i'll maybe yeah then i'll go to greg and then pat in that order and we'll go around in circles and if you get one wrong then you're out so this might be a 30 second quiz (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, just to clarify, they need, they need to have started a game for one of those teams. Cool. I guess we'll start with Mr. Jimmy Garoppolo then. Uh, you can, indeed. There we go. You stay in. Well done, Rich. <laughs> um, Greg? Uh, Jared Goff. Yeah, absolutely. On to you, Pat. Alex Smith. Of course. There we go. The, the nerves are settled now. You've all got one right. Um, Rich. Kyler Murray. Yes, of course. Back to Greg. Josh Rosen. Yes, nice one. Pat. Carson Palmer. Yep. Correct. And yeah, t- twice round. How about that? Rich. Let's go with the man with the smallest arm in the entire list of this of quarterbacks on here. Mr. Nick Mullins. <laughs> His teeny tiny T-Rex arm. <laughs> there we go. Um, Greg. Um, I'm going to go with Matt Stafford. I don't think that's been said. I have really, been said. really bad memory. So. <laughs> <laughs> this, this game doesn't bode well for me. Uh, rather than be an arse, uh, if anyone repeats one, I will tell you, rather than just count you out. Yeah, Matt Staff's correct. Uh, on to you, Pat. Uh, let's go Colin Kaepernick. Uh, of course, Colin Kaepernick, yes. Um, <laughs> you've just taken Rich's answer, I'm guessing. <laughs> that was going to be my next one. <laughs> it's fine, I've got a backup of all backups, Mr. CJ Bathard. <laughs> I had a feeling you might go there. That man can take a hit, and that seems to be his best qualities, of course, back. <laughs> All right, uh, who was next? Greg. Um, no. Yeah, Greg. Yeah, it was uh-huh. me. I'm going to go for uh, another legendary backup. I believe Blaine Gabbert. Uh, yes. He was one of those who's played for two of those teams as well. Because he's played for most teams in the NFL. Yeah, I was going to say, who hasn't <laughs> he played for? <laughs> uh, Pat, your turn. It starts to get harder. It does, doesn't it? Let's go Trey Lance. Yeah. Rich. I presume I'm allowed Geno Smith. Uh, no, you're not. Not allowed Geno Smith. No, you're not allowed Geno Smith. He hasn't played for one of those three teams. If you see what I mean, just to see what. Oh, it's just those three teams. Yeah. Sorry, I really wasn't paying. I was doing a crazy. You can't have Russell Wilson either. <laughs> uh, oh, Brian Hoyer. Yeah, Brian Hoyer. Good shout. Mm, is it? <laughs> uh, again, I think he's played for two of them. Right, Greg. I'm not sure if he started. Yeah, I'm not sure if he started a game, but Sam Bradford. Uh, That is correct. Well done. Ciao. Nicely done. Uh, Your turn, Pat. Let's go for Drew Stanton. What a shout that is. Well done. <laughs> this quiz is going on way longer than any of us expected. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I'm quite impressed. I think I've only got one left. <laughs> I mean, you've got one more than me, Rich. So. <laughs> uh, I think Nick Foles was at the Rams for a bit, wasn't he? He was. Correct. Well done. Ooh. <laughs> a, bit, a bit like um, uh, Blaine Gabbert. He's pretty much been everywhere. Right. Uh, uh, Greg. You're in the hot seat again. Uh, yeah, I'm, str- I'm struggling now, I think. I'm trying to think you play for Arizona, but I don't know if you started again. And I'm going to go again for a bit of a backup legend. Swames of the Cardinals, Matt Barkley. Did we start there? Uh, no. I'm afraid you are out. 
bad luck. Bad uh, he, may, he may have been on their roster, but no, he didn't start any games. Um, Pat. Well, now we're guessing people have been around a bit. And uh, I saw the Browns highlights earlier and Mr. Case Keenum got involved, so I'm going to shout him out. That is correct. Yeah. What oh, an I answer. Not anymore. <laughs> I mean, there are another... There are another eight names on the list, Rich. Good luck. One's just come to my mind, but annoyingly late. <laughs> I'm literally only going to go for him because I'm taking the pat. They've been around a while. Approach. Has <laughs> Fitzmagic ever started for the Rams? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, you're a bit unlucky there. Because um, yes, but not in the time that... Ah, oh, uh, oh, devastated. <laughs> I thought he'd been there for a little bit, but I couldn't remember. Um, so, yeah, Pat, you are going to win this quiz by default, which is the, the best way to do it. Congratulations. Did I miss any Niners quarterbacks? Uh... Someone John, very, um... John Wolf is on that list of the Rams, the guy who played last Yeah, time. he is. He, um... he, was the one, he was the one I couldn't remember. Yeah, yeah just the, the week 16... Starter, wasn't he? I Did think he get injured was... within like in the first quarter. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, he got absolutely okay. marmalized. Yeah. Yes, yes, one of the early games. Yeah, yeah. Um, other other names you could have had: Austin Davis, John Skelton, Kellen Clemens, Kevin Cole, Ryan Lindley, Sean Mannion, and Sean Hill. Uh, Sean Hill's the only one of those that I actually remember in any way, shape, or form. So. <laughs> He, he started. I, I can't remember having researched this all of earlier today. Um, he would have played for the Niners, but I don't know if he played for them in that era. Or whether he. Uh, but anyway, I don't remember ever seeing him play for us. Yeah, I was going... flipping a coin between Jake Plummer and Kurt Warner for my next guest, so I would have been <laughs> out either way. <laughs> I think we were all flipping coins by that point. There you go. Um, a bit of NFC NFC West nonsense there I was just looking up Sean Hill um, it, yeah, just one of those backups that's been around um, retired now 41 years of age Sean Hill yeah the Vikings oh this, this is I, I love this sort of stuff the Vikings from 2002 to 2005 then the Amsterdam oh in amongst that the Amsterdam Admirals um, wow yeah then the the Niners the Lions uh, the Rams and back to the Vikings but yeah the Niners was 2006 to 2009. He must have been a mid-round draft pick as a backup then. Uh, well, the, the Niners... Oh. Uh, it went undrafted. It was undrafted. Uh, I was going to say, the only way you could start your career with someone like the Vikings and then go to the Amsterdam Admirals is if you were a low, low pick or below. I mean, I'm, I'm literally reading, reading from Wikipedia when I say this. In order to get more experienced... Hill spent the spring of 2003 with the Amsterdam Admirals of NFL Europe, where he led the league in passing yards and tied for second in touchdowns. Says a lot more about the European NFL, <laughs> European football leagues than anything else. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's fair. Um, but he, he obviously needed it. Um, I didn't expect to be talking quite so much about Sean Hill, but here we are. Um, right. Steve Rains, anytime touchdown corner. It's still not going so well. I'm just I'm just sad that we haven't continued with the rebrand on this one. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So Steve Rains anytime touchdown fucked it for charity corner. 
Yes, there we go. There we go. Sorry, Russ. Um, <laughs> right, we are going to, having spectacularly failed yet again last week, we're all going to pick a rookie this time. And Greg, you being here means we're going to have a sec- seventh pick just to make it even less likely slash win more money for the charity. Um, so say, if you guys want to win one, surely just, just let me know who you've got and I'll just tell you who not to pick. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Most of these. Yeah, adding picks seems like a suicidal decision on on, on your behalf. <laughs> well, why don't we start with your pick? You have a okay, I, a rookie who might score a touchdown this week. This week, I'm going to go with Devonta Smith for the Eagles. Okay, they are they are playing the Raiders. Um, Mark and Craig aren't here. Um, Nor's Russ. Um, R- Craig has picked uh, Jamar Chase. And the Bengals are playing the Ravens. Russ has gone with Khalil Herbert for the Bears. And Mark, um, having, I imagine, done lots of research, um, decided he was uh, going to go with Harris and the Steelers were on a bye. So if he's trying to say, oh, weighing up, I was trying to work out who they were playing, who's got the best chance of scoring um, against the, that, that particular defence. No, Steelers are on a bye, Mark. Um, but he came back. He's gone with Javante Williams for the Broncos instead. Um, Rich, give us your pick. Uh, I've gone with a man who sounds like a parent trying not to swear in front of their children. It's Chuba Hubbard. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Ch- Kyle Pitts. <laughs> nice. Um, that might bring us on to uh, our next pick, Pat. Yeah, it's funny you should mention Kyle Pitts because after I couldn't pick Rashad Bateman of the Ravens because Craig had already picked in that game, Kyle Pitts seemed like a good backup for the uh, Falcons playing a much-travelled Dolphins side who bafflingly decided not to take their bye this week. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good shout. And I will finish this off with Michael Carter for the Jets, um, who are playing the Patriots. So that's Khalil Herbert. Have I got that wrong? Have I no, done? no, that's fine. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> um, I've, yeah, the Jets aren't just checking. The Jets are definitely not on a bye. Um, Khalil Herbert, Jamal Chase, Tuba Hubbard, uh, Michael Carter, Carl Pitts, Javante Williams and Devontae Smith. There we go. That's what's going to lose us our money this week. Some uh, stats on the progress of the season so far. Four of us are three and three on our um, player choices. Two of us are one and five. Do you want to hazard a guess which two? <laughs> Thanks, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Greg hasn't it, got any wrong, to be fair to Greg. Flawless, as ever. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shall we review some games? Because there have been some games. I mean, I've, I remember some of them. I'm, I could just say that. Um, we've got some, uh, some sentences for you. Our one-sentence reviews from week six, starting with Tampa Bay 28, Philadelphia 22. After Ertz scored his last touchdown for the Eagles, the Bucks took a lead. They never looked like relinquishing. Miami 20, Jacksonville 23. More beer cups flying than points as the Jags end a 20-game losing streak with a 53-yard field goal with just a tick left on the clock. Kansas City 31, Washington 13. Washington were ahead at half-time and then capitulated, scoring nothing in the second half. I'm not mad, though. I love a palindrome nearly as much as I love a scorigami. <laughs> Speaking of scorigami, LA Rams 38, New York Giants 11. For a brief moment, it looked like the Giants might have caught the Rams on one of those days, but then reality kicked in. 
Houston 3, Indianapolis 31. Um, it's Sorry, I know I've done this before, but this game deserves it. Here are Houston's drives. Punt, 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 field goal, punt, interception, punt, turnover on downs, fumble, interception, end of game. Cincinnati 34, Detroit 11. This is fast becoming a very impressive season for a Bengals franchise that has slumbered too long. Green Bay 24, Chicago 14. Aaron Rodgers still owns the Bears as he totals three touchdowns, giving Green Bay five straight wins. LA Chargers 6, Baltimore 34. The Chargers bubble bursts, but I think this will just be a blip and not a total collapse. Minnesota 34, Carolina 28. Great win for the Vikings in overtime, but in truth, it shouldn't have got that far. If they could become a bit more consistent, their offense is as good as anyone's. Arizona 37, Cleveland 14. Not the tough test expected for the Cards as the Browns' offense is decimated by injury. Uh, Las Vegas 34, Denver 24. Forget about Gruden. In fact, the Raiders probably have already. A scoreline that flattered Denver, though, quite frankly. Dallas 35, New England 29. Dallas and New England saves all the drama for the fourth quarter to take the game into overtime. If plan A or B doesn't work, you can always go to CD for a walk-off TD. (laughs) All right, Russ. (laughs) Wow. I'm here a week. (laughs) Seattle 20, Pittsburgh 23. I'm really glad this was a late game on Sunday, so I didn't have to waste my time following it. Didn't think it was that bad. Um, Buffalo, finally, Buffalo 31, Tennessee 34. An absolute humdinger for Monday Night Football that didn't disappoint. A slow burner with seven lead changes, offensive fireworks and late drama as the Bills were stopped in fourth and less than a yard at the Tennessee three. A primetime classic. Very go. comprehensive, Rich. We probably don't need to talk about that game again. <laughs> Ooh. Sassy Pat. <laughs> Um, well, Pat, how about we start? We'll start in London, shall we? And that, what? I mean, you're, yeah, you've got to celebrate the first Jags win in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of days. It might be 400, I'm not sure. Uh, but it it was an exciting finish. I was impressed in parts, maybe not the whole way through, but that final drive and some unusual, clever clock management. Yeah, that was one of the few positives to take from it, really. They did a, a little um, pass down the middle of the field and a very quick timeout with, well, maybe four seconds to go. It was tight on time. It was a, a better play and a better run play than I expected from them at that point. I thought, you know, OK, we're going Hail Mary here and most likely going to overtime. But no, they um, they made well, they, the yard. They caught the Dolphins unaware with it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, no play. one expects them to be competent after three and a half years of not looking competent. <laughs> so, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's playing the long game, but there's playing the long game and then playing the long game. Yeah, I it was... I will, the, the Jags and the Dolphins aren't the two best teams in the NFL, but I actually quite enjoyed the game. And maybe a few too many neck oils help with that. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Uh, but, oh, damn it. Spurs Stadium is huge, huge improvement on watching a game at Wembley, for starters, for atmosphere. It's kind of the right sort of 
I'm not saying Wembley's too big, but it feels a bit bit vast to to have the atmosphere in there. It felt it felt lively, and there was support for, uh, yeah, as as you get with the London games, you see all the jerseys, but there was good support, I think, for both teams who are actually playing the game. And the yeah, Dolphins. the noise on the late field goal was excellent. It sounded like a really good atmosphere. I think the game as a whole, uh, the Jaguars' defense was a large cause for the concern the Dolphins moved it pretty easily despite the fact they barely have a run game to speak of and they have a very injured patchwork receiving core basically against the Jaguars any crossing route 10 yards of space in the middle of the field Gesicki had a field day and then on offense we've shuffled things around since DJ Chark got injured LaVisca has taken his role in the slot and he's not as effective there as his role prior to that so you'd think you know, you've got people like Laquan, Laquan Treadwell, Tavon Austin. Maybe they're the guys who should be shifting into DJ's role and leaving LaVisca where he was more effective. Um, it seems to have nullified both of them making that move. James Robinson is effective when they choose to use him, and it's not enough for my liking. Um, although it's it's improving, 73 yards, 17 carries and a single touchdown, but he disappeared in the second half. They get away from it as soon as they get a little bit behind the eight ball. So it's... Um, it felt like a game that they won because the Dolphins aren't very good and they finally managed to get one over the line and not bottle it towards the end of the game. And that's a plus because, you know, seeing her wins is a skill you need to learn. But it wasn't a result that made me confident there's more to come in the near future. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I would say this was a very entertaining game. As, as someone who just sat at home and watched it on TV, it wasn't necessarily the highest quality all the time, but that actually made it more fun because it was a bit all over the place. There were fuck-ups that were funny. There was, you know, there, there was, it just, it felt like a fun game, if that makes sense. For the neutral, I think it, I think it was a good advertisement for the NFL, if there were new fans that were there or watching it, because it was, I think it was on BBC Two, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, it was. Although BBC Two's coverage wasn't the best. <laughs> I, I don't, well, I don't I think it was aimed at me, see... though. Who was who was doing it? I assume Nat was uh, Nat was being excellent. I would imagine as ever. Um, it just depends. Nat who was, was good, but they had I can't remember who the guests were on, but it seemed very disjointed and like they were slightly confused about what was going on. Oh, there's there's always a that battle with any time any time the the sports on like a mainstream channel. It's like we still feel the need to explain it to a five year old. Yeah, Channel um, Five do the same as well on Monday nights sometimes. Yeah, I thought. I, well, I haven't really watched. I think that might be the first time I've watched Channel Five's coverage last night. I, I mean, I thought. You, I thought that. The the I can't remember what the show's called now, but I watched it once and just said never again in my life. But they do like I think it's like a Sunday morning, almost like magazine kind of show where they and they literally do, sort of almost explain everything which makes complete sense if you're a complete newbie and you've never seen the sport before but as someone who's watched quite a few games it just grows quite tiresome uh, I, don't, I don't mind if it's a, like a show like that or a highlight show that's aimed then i can just choose not to watch it i can get my highlights anywhere but if it's if it's a live game it can be a, yeah. bit, a bit annoying um yeah we've had we've had these games for 14 years now um there's plenty of stuff out there if you if you need to know the rules you don't necessarily need it ran down your throat during a during a live game. I can game. see why they're doing it on a BBC terrestrial channel rather than obviously on Sky where realistically most mm. people who are watching on Sky know what they're, they're watching, I guess. But this is the thing. You can still get someone in to walk that line quite well. There's, um, I think it was 
Brian Bob when he does the kind of X's and O's breakdowns. He does it in a way that's interesting if you're a fan that understands the game, but also is educational if you're someone that has never really watched very much of the game. And it felt like they needed something like that. And instead, they got a lot of talking head personalities who were very enthusiastic, but didn't really say anything either educational or useful. You should should go down the route of just stating the obvious and bring Sean Gale in. I mean, that's just, I mean, that'll automatically, I mean, that's going to draw the viewers in. Oh, I I haven't. how drunk he is. Well, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't watched any of of Sky's coverage. It's either been, the Titans have either been on Game Pass or I've just watched Red Zone on a Sunday. So I assume Sean Gale's still kicking around. Um, No. Yeah, it's Blackman and sometimes Sean Gale. But Blackman's been good. Yeah, he's, okay. he's a lot better and yeah. and more personable and seems actually interested and enthusiastic. Sean, yeah. Sean Gale combines lack of enthusiasm with lack of knowledge, which is quite incredible for someone doing that job. He just states, he just honestly states everything as the most obvious thing possible. If you're going to talk about Titans, oh yeah, they've got Derrick Henry. Okay, well, yeah, great. And what he's, else have they got? Oh, they've he's got like, Henry. He's oh, yeah. like Graham Soonis. In the, I was thinking Garth Crooks, but that's a bit, yeah, bitter Garth, ex- Garth player Crooks. who never got into management properly and just just is doing it for the paycheck and doesn't give a shit. Sooness is way angrier though; like he's yeah, he's got some serious serious issues. Sure, he also doesn't care enough less. to be angry. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah as long as his checklist. Sooness's problem is that he says things that are obvious or wrong or both. <laughs> Can you do both? I'm not sure. I think so. <laughs> um, Greg, how about you? So you went to the first of the two games at Tottenham. Um, how did you find, well, compared to how things were at Wembley, how do you find that the stadium and the experience? I think this, the stadium itself is is great. I think it's one of the best stadiums in the country by, by a mile in that regard. And I'm not a Spurs fan you, by any stretch of the imagination, but the stadium. Are you including the Lamex when you say that? Uh, I mean, have you seen the Lamex recently? I mean, it's it's, it's incredible. Um, but I mean, it doesn't doesn't generate the atmosphere I think that you, you might see on a Sunday at the NFL. But no, I, I think look, stadium-wise, it's great. It has a great atmosphere to it. Um, generally, I, I didn't experience any issues. A lot of the people seemed to experience when I was there. Um, but look, we, we've talked about this previously, but yeah, you know, outside the stadium is is what it is, and it doesn't have that sort of tailgate area that Wembley has, where people congregate and create a bit of an atmosphere. It is ultimately a, a stadium that's plumped in the middle of of North London, where it's essentially housing all around it. So you've got no real opportunity. They have created one little area, I believe. I didn't actually go in there, but um, I got pretty bad reviews on Twitter from from people who did go in there, pretty much saying it was a complete waste of time. But to be honest with you, it, that didn't really matter to me. All that mattered to me is that football's back. And after missing last year, and uh, you know, it's been over 18 months since I, since I saw a game, I just wanted to go and see a game live and in person. And even if it was the Jets and Falcons, who were pretty dreadful um, throughout the majority, uh, it was still a good day out and still highly enjoyable. That's... The only thing I would say that I'd heard as a criticism is that they apparently bumped the price of bo- uh, beers up in particular compared to what they would be for a normal Tottenham game. Yeah, it's like two two pounds more, which but, feels yeah. a bit I, mean. I mean, in, inside the stadium, I can deal with that. 
It's it's when you go to a, to a pub money bags. When, when you can make a humble brag. Well, um, the, the when, trick, when Adam, you... is not to drink 17 pints and then it well, doesn't you... your bank account. Uh... I, I, Especially I'm, when you're looking after your young child. I mean, <laughs> when you say looking after, yeah, he was there. He was there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it, it's it, it is not. It's nice to be back. The British NFL fans love to moan, uh, despite the fact that we get these games from America, a National Football League that's American. Um, you know, they love love to every, every little thing, and um, but. And so some of the some of the gripes, it's it's like people don't know what to expect when they go to live sport, or there are queues at the bar. Yeah, there are sixty thousand people there. There are going to be queues at the bar. <laughs> if you don't um, want to queue at the bar, don't go to the bar immediately at the start of half time. <laughs> Quite right. There'll I mean, be a queue. Yeah. The uh, this uh, the thing that happened. So I, I didn't go to the first game. I went to Sunday's Dolphins Jags game. There were there was some controversy about plastic cups being thrown, um, which I didn't realise until afterwards. Uh, but this is Reynolds Gate. Reynolds Gate. I mean, as far as I was concerned, um, there was a snake that needed to be fed. Now, I personally didn't throw any cups, but plenty around me did. Are we still talking about Neil Reynolds? <laughs> 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 this is why I don't get invited back. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it. I don't. I don't know. If some. If someone got hurt, then fine. Then that's that's unfortunate. But to say it was an intimidating atmosphere is just nonsense. It was. It was all playful. Um, nobody meant any harm. Um, it was. You know, these are plastic cups that. Yeah, they're not. Squash, squashable plastic cups. They're sort of hard, but they're not heavy. Um, I've, yeah, I've I've conflicting reviews on this because I've heard some people saying, "Oh, it's all lighthearted. Everyone's throwing them down so they can create this big snake and so on and so forth." I've heard others say that it was the cups that were flying around. They weren't comfortable if they had their kids with them, for example. They weren't comfortable and, and ended up either leaving or standing in a different place or moving so they were out of the way of it. So I've heard kind of conflicting things. But for, uh, the biggest biggest issue I have of it is that it will, it will only go one way. And that one way will be like Premier League direction of, yeah, you can drink, but you can't drink in your seat. And if it does go in that direction because of all these safety fears or whatever it may be, it will just, it will spoil it because ultimately it's, it's part of what makes the NFL great. And, you know, you can do it when you're out there. I don't know whose decision it would be, but if a health and safety decision was made that, okay, you can drink, but you can only drink when you're in the concourse as you do at a Premier League game, it will just, it will just kill that atmosphere. Well, what two, two things. One, one once people realise that they might hurt people, I'd like to think the majority of people wouldn't do it. Um, and two, steward it better. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that there are yeah, people. They, these are stewards that pay twenty quid to go to stand there and watch a game. Like they're, they're, they're borderline useless. <laughs> well. Okay, um, yeah, I dare say we'll get more more London games next year. There's there's talk of one in Germany, which I quite fancy. I'm all over that. Yeah, um, I could. Yeah, I think like a game in Munich. Sounds sounds pretty good to me. Um, and there there would definitely be be beer drunk in the stands there. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, and Oktoberfest does sort of overlap nicely with the NFL season. Just just saying. 
what a weekend that could be. How many how many games are the Jags losing next year, Pat? Next year? <laughs> Three. Three. <laughs> We're just talking September, right? I don't mean losing as in actually losing games. I'm talking how many are they losing to London or Germany. Got you, got you. That's a big question. We all know how many games any are going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> the three was a bold call. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> 14 and three in 2022, Pat. That's, okay. Well, we we've we've awesome. had our win now. I'm full of optimism, as you can tell from our summary, right? <laughs> Well, okay. I'm going to be optimistic and uh, talk about Monday night football. Well, should I should I let Greg um, talk about how what has been a stuttering Titans team at times this season with some high hopes and seemed to grow throughout the game, um, having perhaps been a bit stuttery at the start of the of Monday night football. But what a finish! Incredible. Um... It was. It's the most Titans game or most Titans thing to do in in three weeks. Go from losing to the Jets to to, to beating the Bills, who are arguably one of the best teams in in the entire league, um, if not the best team in the league. Um, it was close, but you know it was one of the. It was a, a real slog fest uh, of a game. I think both teams had opportunities, obviously, to win it. Um, and that fourth down stop at the end is was really a. A moment that I honestly won't forget being on on Monday night as well. It's one of those ones that will stick in the memory for for a long, long time. But also, I want to I want to shout out, and he gets a lot of media attention, but not not in the same vein as a lot of quarterbacks in particular out there. But I think with Derek Henry, I think we are witnessing greatness in, in a running back that we've not seen really anywhere else for for quite some time. Um, he should be in, in my opinion, if, if his form continues all the way through to the end of this year, wherever the Titans end up being and whether they're at early playoff exit or all the way to wherever it end up being, he should be in contention for an MVP because he's at playing at that level that no one else can compete with in that position. Um, we all know it's going to go to a quarterback, but ultimately he should be in that discussion. Um, and in 20 years time, we will be talking about just what he has achieved because he's on for probably two and a half thousand rushing yards based on, on the kind of run rate he's going at at the moment. And that's something that, you know, it's just absolutely insane to, to even be discussing that for, for a season, whether there's one game more or not. It's ridiculous to do that potentially two seasons running. It would be absolute, it's unprecedented, right? No one's ever done no, 2,000 um, yards two years in a row. I want to say at the beginning of the season, I was watching, I think it was Good Morning Football, and they were talking about Henry and talking about, him going back to back and said, and I think they showed seven or eight running backs that had obviously done it and they're sort of the year after. And I think the closest someone got was around 15, 1600 yards, which is still pretty incredible. Uh, not to be sniffed at by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> but no, no one's gone back to back. And I would be surprised if he didn't go back to back, not only because there's an extra game, just because he, he's, he knocks off hundred yards games. Like they're just, they're just average. And a hundred yard rushing game is, isn't average in this league. Well, they, they were they were showing. It was the, I think this is the first time. This is his best, most prolific game against Buffalo. The times that we played Buffalo, um, and they're showing like the other numbers, and it's like I was eighty yards last year, I think it was something like that. And you yeah. look at this, that's poor. So well, for most for most running backs, eighty is isn't a bad isn't a bad day out. And 
it's just it's all relative. It's what you're used to. And that that 76 yard touchdown, in watching that, almost not, not blasé, but it just it just pulls them out with alarming regularity. And he's just gone as soon as he's in the even close to the secondary. You'd know what's coming. The biggest thing about this game was it really highlighted the fact that what on earth are they thinking not giving it to him in the red zone for the past season or so? The, the, just the the ability of the guy when you get down there is, is unreal. And Adam, you said this a few weeks back. If you need to spell him, spell him when the ball's somewhere around the halfway uh, halfway mark. It's not, not so know. much whether it's in the red zone or not, but third down, fourth down. That's my, yeah. my issue, wherever that is on the field. I mean, yeah, generally that's in the opposition's half or, you, or you're punting on fourth down. But yeah, those sort of like third and two yeah. kind of downs yeah. where it's, you, you, you want Henry on the field, even if, even if you're not handing in the ball, just so the defence are thinking about it. Right. Um, uh, but we seem to be, have been, we didn't do that on uh, Monday night. Yeah, Henry, Henry was on the field much more regularly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been McNichols in recent weeks, just a sort of default third down back. But yeah, no, ex- exactly my, my point I've been getting at. And why not? Why not bring him in on first down occasionally, just to mix things up when it's not so quite so crucial. But you know, that's it's splitting hairs. I mean, it, it the the Titans when he's when he gets going, um, fine. Well, finally we're seeing what we saw a year ago. This is this is still. A- Pretty incredible Bills team. Um, I think defensively last night what wasn't their best, but I still think their defense is is pretty strong. They got definitely got tired towards the end. I think just being worn down. But offensively, yeah, they've still got a lot of weapons, and this isn't the best Titans defense you'll ever see in the future or, or from the past either. But they 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 made plays when they need to make plays, and that fourth down play is, is the obvious one to talk about. But there's there's plays outside of that as well. And I think that's that's what was great about the game last night is that we did have we did have a situation where the Bills look at that look at always, that yes he has just come in and handed you a drink um Craig Craig's not here he Craig. does he doesn't get that level of service does he I know I know I'm just, I'm incredibly fortunate in my Tennessee Volunteers glass as well which you might not be able to see but cheers um but yeah it's it was just one of those ones the Bills you know the Bills will be there or thereabouts this year there's no doubt about that um. But it's one of those games. It was just classic Titans. And I think we, we'll, we'll probably go and beat the Chiefs next week and then lose to Houston in a few weeks' time, <laughs> um, 9-6 or something ridiculous. But that's, that's, that's the roller coaster of being a Titans fan and, um, and what you have to just expect from, from being a Titans fan. It does feel like the Titans ship has steadied somewhat over the last few weeks. Is that fair? Yeah, that, that's yes some, and no. some injury issues. Um, O-line <laughs> has settled down. I have somewhat. zero sympathy for you on the injury front. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all that's all relative, isn't it? Um, yeah, it, it, it has. And I think in, in part just there, there, maybe there was some rustiness, but yeah, the, the O-line issues have somewhat resolved themselves. And there's there's still you know, we've still got some problems with depth. Um, Taylor Lewan got literally knocked out uh, during was, the game. I was surprised that he'd uh, signed for the Bills without us knowing about it. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, if you haven't seen seen it, I've forgotten the guy's name on Fox Sports, but 
and tr- yeah, literally thought he was a Bills player and blamed his injury for the the final play. I mean, in fairness, Taylor one probably thought it was a Bills player after that that concussion. Oh, he may he may well have done. Blimey, that was <laughs> that that wasn't pretty. Uh, but about the Bills, uh, Mark Mark is conspicuous by his absence. Uh, but I I don't think I don't think he should be that upset. Other than the fact that they've lost to the Titans and it's me, um, but I, I don't think it wasn't like they came in and shat the bed. You know, they came, they played pretty well. I, I arguably outplayed the Titans for a lot of the game, to be honest. Yeah, um, they, yeah, the Bills have a third and five. You look at Josh Allen and everything he's got. You know, Diggs, Sanders, you know, you, you expect them to convert it, and you look at the Titans on third and five for large chunks. You're hopeful, um, but. Um, it's it seems much less likely, and that just that dynamic is huge. The Bills with the football are incredibly impressive. Josh Allen is impressive, and like I don't think they had an off day particularly. Just a few big moments didn't go their way. You know, there was an interception off, not a batted pass, but you know, Josh Allen's arm got hit as he threw. Um, so yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like he had a stinker. Um, just it's just sometimes you don't you don't win every game in the NFL. The Bills' issues are as they always were. They haven't unearthed any new ones with this game. I think they struggle in the run somewhat, and um, particularly that hampers them in the red zone. And that that was the biggest surprise I think from this game was how much the Titans' D were able to step up and stop the Bills at the critical points of the field without the run to spread things out, the Titans secretary pretty much locked things down as much as they needed to to get a win. And that was what surprised me the most out of this entire game. You say that, but I think the game plan for us on last night was Ben's zone break. And it was, we were happy to, to let the Bills into the red zone because we knew that defensively would be keeping them to fill goals was the, was essentially the plan. And that's, that's, that's what the game plan was. So we were so worried about you know, the deep threat that, that the Bills have got and the secondaries. I mean, you look at games like the Jets when Zach Wilson's all of a sudden throwing the ball 50, 60 yards downfield and picking up touchdowns left, right and centre. The, the, for us, that was a huge fear. So the secondary was stepping off and we were allowing them to convert. You mentioned earlier, Adam, around third and fives. We were just letting them convert them and saying, don't, you know, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll, we'll let them have these three points because we know we can go and score points from at the other end. Mm. And that's, I mean, that's quite ballsy, really, to kind of go away and say, essentially, your game plan is if they, if they want to pick up five, six, seven yard gains and first down. Even, even the final drive when you had to keep them yeah. out of the end zone to win the game. Yeah, the same, same thing. Should we look at? We mentioned. Sorry, Rich. I got one one quick thing, which is six games in now. One big question mark with the Bills was: was Josh Allen's last season a flash in the pan? Had would he regress back to, you know, just just having those inaccuracy problems, just not quite being at the same level as he was? Was could he sustain that level? And I think we're getting the answer that he can. Yep. Which yeah, I wouldn't absolutely. be saying if if Mark was here, obviously, but since he's not, I can. Um, you wouldn't get a word in edgeways to say it. <laughs> that's true. He he has looked. You might very tonight, given the result. Actually, that's true. Uh, he has looked very impressive throughout the first six. Other than that first game, which 
if they hadn't lost that, they'd be five and one and level at the top of the conference with the Ravens. Uh, he he's he's looked very very good, and I think he makes up somewhat for the lack of the run game himself. But I think if he is going to work out, they, they've got a quarterback there for a decade, maybe more. I'm genuinely impressed with him right now. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Right, let's let's have a look. I mean, we we discussed this before before starting. We'll have just a, a look at sort of where the AFC is. Uh, might look at the NFC next week. We may forget about it entirely and do something <laughs> different. Who who knows? Um, but yeah, you mentioned the Bills at four and two. The only team in the AFC are the Ravens at five and one, which I think yeah they're they're setting the pace. Um, the Chiefs being slightly off the pace. Uh, I mean, technically, they they are last in the AFC West, the Kansas City Chiefs, on the tiebreak, <laughs> uh, which is astonishing. Um, I can't imagine for a minute they're going to stay there, but yeah, that that's where they're at at the minute. Um, you've got yeah, the Bills lead the East by two games, the Titans lead the South by two games, both both teams on four and two. You'd expect. I mean, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. I would like to think that both those teams will win those divisions, um, but it's the the North and the West actually are probably more interesting. Um, the Ravens seem to be ahead in in every sense in the North, but you know, I think the the Browns have got a lot more in them. The Bengals are four and two. Who saw that coming? Um, but then the the AFC West: the Chargers and Raiders at four and two, Broncos and Chiefs both at three and three. Yeah, for me, it's those three and three teams that are interesting at the moment to try and work out how they are going to look come the end of the season because you've got the Steelers, the Broncos, the Chiefs and the Browns and I'd I'd have to say if I was to pick two of those teams to get into the playoffs it's probably going to be the Chiefs and the Browns I I don't think the Steelers are as as good as a 500 record Uh, but the Broncos are a wild card because that defence is is good and if they can get the offence going they can be decent but the Chiefs and the Browns being three and three seems surprising to me right now. And I'd be, I mean, I know the Browns are light on personnel. They've had some unfortunate injuries in specific um, player groups, but I'd, I'd see them as being a playoff contender. Yeah, I, I guess it's, it's, I mean, I, I, I agree about the Steelers. Um, I just wanted to touch on their Sunday night game. Now, Pat, and you're you're slightly scathing of that game. <laughs> um, Gino, uh, uh, Gino for the Seahawks. The, yeah, they're clearly missing Russ, uh, but yeah, he he wasn't entirely useless. Um, not far far from it. Um, big Big Ben. I can't. I mean, uh, he was somewhat functional <laughs> in that game, but it's just statuesque living mm-hmm. off past glories. Um, I mean, it, it was quite an enjoyable game. It was close. Um, one absolute boneheaded play by DK Metcalf, which he got away with. Uh, just, uh, you know, you use a brain. Um, <laughs> if, if defensive players are idiots, blimey. I mean, I, if you're familiar with the, the play I'm talking about. So he got them. They were in field goal range. And he just saw Glory running up the sideline. Now, it was a situation where they needed to stop the clock. He needed to get out of bounds to stop the clock. And he chose instead to try and beat a guy and fumble the football. 
Um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't ideal. <laughs> I've yeah, I've digressed. Um, I was worried though. I was very worried for a second that Steelers weren't going to do us a favor and beat the Seahawks. Uh, yeah. It 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 looked for a little while like they were just going to hang around like a bad smell and and luck out on the Steelers being the worst version of the Steelers that we've probably seen <laughs> in what a decade and a half. <laughs> yeah, I I don't I don't think they'll they'll be where they need to be at the end of the end of the season. The Broncos, Pat, you were high on the Broncos um, at the start of the season. Um, I, from everything I see, feel a bit unimpressed. They're um, playing less than their sum of their parts right now. I think it's fair to say. I'm high on their pieces. The way it's been put together, far less so. And there's talk of. Um, you know, issues in the locker room between the coaching staff and the players, and that the uh, they've lost faith with um, Shermer's plans and everything like that. So it does look like um, a bit of a mess and a, and a broken ship at this point. And for all the good receivers that they've got, a decent one-two running back they seem to have pulled together, and that strong defense we've shown. Um, Teddy's QB play has regressed somewhat and that's the keystone that makes the rest of it fall down unfortunately I did spend a lot of the time watching watching bits of that game on red zone and then watching the highlights uh, earlier today just in the back of my brain there's just a thing going is is Teddy now Jameis because he's capable of throwing some incredible bombs down the field but he's making some incredibly stupid throws as well. And it's difficult to know, right? Because you can look like you're an absolute idiot as a quarterback. If you throw to a spot expecting your receiver to be there, they've run run the wrong route, and then you end up with a DB who's at that spot just getting an easy pick. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And maybe it's that. Maybe it's a communication issue. But whatever is going on there, I agree with Pat. Maybe it needs to be an offensive coordinator change. Something needs to happen there. Because I agree, there was times in that game that they looked they looked really good. There were some incredible connections going on between Bridgewater and his wide receivers. But it just didn't happen often enough. I think they're another team that are missing parts, though, as well. I mean, Judy's been a huge miss for them since he's gone down. True. I think they're, they're, they're definitely... They're a team that... A bit... I mean, there's a lot of teams like this, I guess, in this league. But they're capable of losing to anyone but also capable of beating anyone I guess um, it, but it has to be I think it has to just go for them um, you could argue the Titans are probably a similar team to that in that regard as well but yeah Broncos are one of those teams they, they whenever I watch their games they never really excite me they're very, uh, very I feel quite one dimensional I mean, they've got a decent running game but an outstanding running game they've got some good receivers and they do some good things but they kind of they have to lean on their defense to step up a hell of a lot more than than the most teams do. They look lost occasionally. They'll go through periods of a game where they just look listless and like they they don't really know how to get out the funk that they're in. What about the the other two teams in the West, the the Raiders? <laughs> everything that's gone on with Gruden, um, they didn't seem to care. Look and... galvanized by it, if anything. Mate, yeah, maybe. Maybe um, they've they've got an interim coach who sounds like an Italian biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's 
I don't. I mean, yeah, thing- I don't think that that dismissal slash resigning of Gruden's going to do them any harm. I mean, the thing is, the interim coach has been working with Gruden in various systems for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. He's been his assistant head coach at multiple different clubs, as well as doing the, I think it's the special teams head he was leading. So he knows the system. He knows the plan. It's not like they've had a major upheaval and transition. He can put his own gloss on it over the coming weeks, but it's not like they've suddenly got a guy at the helm who's totally new to everything. He's had decades to understand what's going on the personnel that they've got at his disposal so it's as easy a transition as you can expect given the suddenness of what's happened and you know if, if there's a, a negative element being removed from the club at this point it might help them going forwards and what about the charges then they have to my mind look well way more convinced Convincing the Raiders, they're also their leading division on four and two of the tie break, um, but absolutely got annihilated by Baltimore, which is forgivable, but it, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't remotely close. The scoreline looks worse than it was. I think they did the classic Chargers things of, oh, we're going for it on fourth and two, we're going for it on fourth and three, and they turned over on downs more than they made it this time, which made the scoreline look more lopsided than it actually was against the Ravens but it's the same issue as they saw against the Browns they can't stop the run and if you can't stop the run and your offense doesn't click like it needs to to keep up with the scoring you get steamrolled and yeah they couldn't couldn't stop it and they they couldn't run the ball either so it was I think problems on both sides in that regard yeah um Ravens had what four different running um touchdown scorers which uh yeah you know, Herbert's been pretty much every game this year, 300, 400 yards every game, and he got he got reined in for once. Um, and then when you know, Eckler is averaging 1.2 yards per carry, you just you just know you're not going to be going very far. Um, and outside of Eckler, they haven't really got anyone else in the running game. So they're a team that I think have the potential to to go on and, and be a decent side, but I can't see them really past early playoff rounds, realistically. I I still think the Chiefs are going to win a division, um, but is there mm. is there concern in Arrowhead? I don't think so. I, I, th- I think they've had slow starts to seasons in the past and come come through it. I There's an argument that there are team that there are teams that have figured them out a bit now and if you can defend a certain way against them you can shut down a lot of their options but you still have to have top draw defensive pieces in order to do that um so i i don't i don't think that's a massive concern i think they'll work out what they need to work out there they they've always they've had a bad defense for years so i, I don't know that <laughs> That's necessarily yeah. going to be a problem in the regular season. It might be more of an issue when they get to the playoffs. We've yeah, we've definitely covered that. I think I think they've also they the teams they've lost to have been pretty good teams. I mean, losing to the Bills, losing to uh, the Ravens in I mean it was a one point game in the end, and then you know losing to the Chargers when when they were really on it that day. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's going to be a huge problem. The only the only thing I would say with the Chiefs is I, I don't think their defense is is great this year at all. I think they're really struggling. They're, they're put, they're put, I mean, there's a, I mean, bar Washington, every game that we pretty much conceding 30 plus points a game, um, which is something that you don't necessarily see from the Chiefs, but something that could probably be fixed quite quickly. Um, and I would expect them to roll through. They've got, I mean, they're, they're the games are coming up as well. 
bar their easy, you know, the guaranteed loss they're going to get on Sunday against the Titans. They've got the Giants coming up. You know, they've got obviously the Raiders coming up. They've got, you know, games that realistically you would should expect the Chiefs to win. Yeah, I, I'm not concerned about them in the regular season. They'll put up enough points in games to to make the playoffs comfortably. I I don't know that they'll win the division. They should win the division. They're only what they're only a game back, so it's not like it's a massive gap. Um I briefly just going back to the Chargers and the Ravens, I do think with a relatively young coaching staff, that's just a learning experience for them. And I think they'll actually use it to galvanize in in those games in the future. Just some some slightly naive coaching that led to that one. Uh, but yeah, the the Chiefs, I do think, I do think they'll make the playoffs comfortably. The worry will be when they come up against someone like the Ravens in the playoffs, who can shut them down on when they're on offense and they can't cope defensively. Then they'll be on all sorts of trouble. Okay. Um, so before we look ahead to Week Seven, is there anything else anyone wants to chat about from the the world of American football? <laughs> I, I mean, I did. how. How well did Geno Smith's debut go? It went so well that the Seahawks have reached out to Cam Newton to uh, work out to uh, join the squad this week. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I guess. Can they even afford him? <laughs> well, I don't I know won't. how much cap space the Seahawks have right now, but I'm not sure it's that much. Yeah, I'm sure they can find a way if they want to. Yeah. If probably. Cam wants to. It's it'll be if Cam wants to. Uh, I do have one from the uh, the Rams uh, Giants game when it was still early on, and the Rams had looked sort of off color for a little while, and McVeigh called a fake uh, fake punt with Johnny Hecker, who threw a lovely spiral to a wide open. I can't even remember who it was, but one of their special teams players, who then ran it for a first down, uh, and it got called back. And the referees announced that there are un- there are fouls by both teams on the play, unsportsmanlike conduct Giants, unsportsmanlike conduct Rams, those penalties offset, and that was it. Didn't call any player numbers. No one knows actually what the fuck happened or what the uh, what the fouls that were that they called. That was but it. Offset as in so replay the down. Yeah, rather replay than the down. so it wasn't after the after the play was over. Right. But no one's really been able to identify what actually happened <laughs> it's utterly bizarre and it was a really pretty throw as well it was one of those moments where as a special teamer that barely gets to do that shit he must have been gutted that it didn't get to didn't come off i mean yeah, it was a nice throw in dawson knox's throw right oh that was pretty as well i did enjoy that yeah i <laughs> I, was, I was i tempted to uh, say that there were two forward passes on that play um having watched uh, Josh Allen's little toss but uh, I'm splitting hairs <laughs> <laughs> Talk, talking of forward passes um, the recreation of the Music City Miracle oh that, uh, well, on, that, uh, that. that was on that on that return play was uh, I mean I'll let the Buffalo fans have this one that was definitely forward <laughs> <laughs> I, but not by the, it was just a really like it's just a really bad throw it was on I think it, it was more a fact that, that I think it was Chris Jackson who was receiving it was sprinting up the field, but clearly wasn't fast enough to get back to even well, take he would have been, If the throw had gone backwards, he could have got back and, and oh, taken yeah, it. Just, uh, you're not going to risk that, though, realistically. Just, so it was more of a, a, an absolute panic of, I need to get rid of this. 
Let's just see. Classic, Let's hope uh, we get away uh, with it. Rabel calls stuff like that just to be a shithouse. Yeah, it's like moment. he did it against the. Uh, he did the. What was it? This trick play with Mariota against the Patriots. Yeah, um, yeah, and he did exactly, and he literally just did it so he could just have a smirk at Belichick on the other side. There's no <laughs> other reason for doing it than that. Yeah, the look on his face after the Bills trick play, I thought he was going to pull off someone's head. It was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it, it, th- those always look obvious. Like you, you would sort of look at those sort of plays and like, why hasn't the team defended that properly? Well, clearly you're not expecting it, <laughs> and it's. Yeah, yeah, we've seen the Philly special before, but it's not run every week, is it? So it doesn't matter if you're not. And those trick plays don't get called if the defense looks like it's ready for it. You know, you you change it to something else. So it just, yeah, I don't I don't quite get the uh, the outrage sometimes. Well, often you're keying off what the defense are doing as you're as you're snapping the ball anyway. So you probably yeah, got options yeah. on that play to to just run it in somewhere else if if it's open but it's like a lot like fake punts and plays like that where you you call that it's based on you you don't do it if the if the gunner's looking at you sorry oh sorry right go opposite the gunners you know ready for you know depending on how they look or you see you've seen something on film that you can exploit and if you don't see it at that moment you don't call it you or you you change change the play i i feel like there are a lot more trick plays in the league when I was first watching the NFL back at the start of what I consider the Harbour era, just because I'm a Niners fan who doesn't think about other things. Um, <laughs> but the, there seemed to just be a lot of like sneaky trick plays going on pretty much every week. And now you're lucky if you see one every three or four weeks. Mm. Is that fair? No idea. Honestly. <laughs> um, Come on, Adam, you should I, know this stuff. You love stats. <laughs> is this something you can come up with stats on i'm not sure <laughs> I, don't, I i wouldn't have a say i've had the same impression i think they've i don't, I don't know it, it goes it, it goes in phases so certain certain teams love that sort of thing and certain teams just avoid it that's a very good point and it might just be that you only watch the niners so you've only the niners was yeah. well, was watching a, a jeff fisher coach rams <laughs> in our division <laughs> twice a year and that man loves a trick play <laughs> mostly because he's usually behind in most games that's that's not fair jeff fisher has a winning record as a head coach seriously my, my era of watching the nfl <laughs> <laughs> two bits of late breaking jags news we've just cut josh lambo which makes me really sad but also i'm not surprised it's been coming <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. That, that is a bit sad matthew wright going forwards and uh Dwayne smoot unexpectedly had to deliver his daughter um at 4 a.m this morning on the, on a floor in his house um, he tried to labor unexpectedly and the paramedics talked him through it on the phone so uh good for him and congratulations on having a healthy kid i guess you say matthew wright is now as the, in the right the stuff Not yeah channel five. have you seen have you seen him recently no. he's no. got like do you, you remember the episode of only Fools and Horses, where Rodney gets like a fake ponytail. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. He's, he's got like he's got like one of those, but it's like a real rat's tail. It's like really thin. Jeez. Like, honestly, like what? Why? Why would you do that? Be like the one AJ Brown had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> actually, really, yeah. 
far too much. Um, oh, poor, poor AJ Brown with his uh, Chipotle um, antics. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to sink to the level of, of talking about that. Right, week seven. Come on, let's do some uh, some one-sentence previews. And where do we start? Thursday Night Football is Denver at Cleveland. Thursday Night Football with two teams without a losing record or a winning record. And unfortunately, we won't be seeing the two chubs up against each other. Carolina at New York Giants. Surely it's finally time for Carolina's fourth win of the season. New York Jets at New England. Belichick against the rookie QB. Let's just hope that Zach doesn't embarrass himself too much. Washington at Green Bay. The football team looks shaky and the Packers are rolling. Doesn't feel like this one will be a contest home win. Atlanta at Miami. One team off of a bye and one team who probably should be on a bye. Can the Dolphins stop the rot against a team who can only seemingly beat teams from New Jersey? Kansas City at Tennessee. If the Titans can replicate their first good game of the season that they had against the Bills last week, this one could be incredible. (laughs) Cincinnati at Baltimore. Have we mentioned that the Bengals are pretty good? They might not win this, but they should give the Ravens a good run for their money. Detroit at LA Rams. Goff versus Stafford, you say? If we didn't know already who won that trade, we'll find out again this week. Another home win. (laughs) Philadelphia at Las Vegas. No Gruden, no problem. Can't see past Vegas at home in this one. Houston at Arizona. This one will be nice for Houston to play against all their best players from the last few years. Um, Yet another home win. Chicago at Tampa Bay. Field seems to be slowly improving, but not quickly enough to put Chicago over the top in this one. Indianapolis at San Francisco. Dead men walking on Levi's Mile. New Orleans at Seattle. When is Russell Wilson back? That's when you'll be seeing your next Seahawks victory. <laughs> oh I do hope so. <laughs> oh, that, that, I'm still backing him at home in that one. But yeah, you could get you could get anything from Jameis, couldn't you? Jameis can go and throw 450 yards he and not even blink. <laughs> or 450 interceptions and not even blink. Or both. Okay. It feel it feels like there are a lot of sort of obvious games this week, which means there'll be anything but because that's how it how it always works. Um, but there there'll be options if you're playing Survivor that you can you can find something. I think like Houston at Arizona, blimey, if that's a lopsided matchup, I don't, I don't know what is. Pray for Davis Mills, <laughs> or just enjoy it. <laughs> um, uh, I do feel <laughs> sorry for him. He's the one Texan I do feel genuinely sorry for. Um, I guess it's I mean, I know I'm in the minority of not being an AFC South supporter of another team there, but poor guy. Mm, I guess. <laughs> um, right, Pat, I don't know if uh, anything's been eating away at you recently. <laughs> Ugh, horrible. Oh, don't say that about the Jags. No. Things Pat hates. The texture of stewed fruit. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> you heard me. I mean, yeah, I heard you. Of all of the things Pat hates, I think this is the one that I disagree with most. It's, it's not things Rich hates, so it's fine. <laughs> I know. Give me just... an example. No, no, actually, no. Well, <laughs> you don't. We should just name some fruits. <laughs> <laughs> If this uh, is what we're reduced to, then yes, yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> Justify your hatred, Pat. Well, I don't like the texture. I don't know what you want. Like, <laughs> crumbles are quite popular puddings, and I can't stand any of them because it's all just bleh, bleh. I love but crumble. I do love a bowl of custard, so I'm fine with that. What about a rhubarb crumble? That's which is the best crumble, by the way. It's the same deal. Well, really. <laughs> You can list as many fruits as you want. I won't I like the taste of them if flavor. they've been baked and crumbled. This isn't the flavour thing, Adam. This is a texture thing. Okay. Yeah, but rhubarb sort of does works differently. Maybe not. Bloops. Squishy <laughs> and stringy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> rhubarb is magnificent. I couldn't disagree with you more. Uh, uh, all right. Any other business? Um, Greg, as a relative infrequent guest, the Tem- second appearance tem- temporary guest um yeah. I'm, I'm gonna talk about something that probably annoys everybody realistically um and it's fees on tickets um <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's getting to a point now where i i was looking at tickets for a particular concert and they wanted to charge me one pound fifty for them to send it in an email uh, and, and i just just drawing the line there right there because it's an email doesn't cost anything and i don't understand why 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 you'd have to charge me one pound fifty for you to drop me an email with the tickets and i've then got a show on my own phone or print out myself um really annoying i'm currently in the process of of organizing a trip to america so a lot of tickets being bought and some of the fees are just like 20 percent just on service fees or random fees that get popped in there i've got one at the moment that's four dollars 25 for what they call an order processing fee Whatever that is, it's it's become a more of a thing. The legislation two or three years ago, where they banned like airlines and uh, anybody for charging you to use a credit card, it's like they've had to be extra creative. With the, well, they do with they the do that. They do the airlines do that, and this is this. I mean, this could be a completely separate of a business, but airlines who charge you for your flight and then say, "Oh, by the way, you got to pay for your seat." I mean. I mean, it's like, well, what, what am I paying for the flight for? Like, that's that's the whole point. Just put it into one, and then they'll charge you an additional thirty or fifty quid just just so you so you can get a seat. If I don't pay for that, I'll then get allocated a random seat nowhere near my wife, which she might enjoy. But um, <laughs> but it's like, it just annoys me that I'm I'm six foot five and end up getting extra leg from seats that cost me way too much money. Um, but yeah, it's these it's the sort of thing. It's like buying a ticket to to a football game and then saying so you're in but if you want to sit down you've got to pay an extra 20 quid right? it's just it just doesn't work that way <laughs> going going back to the fees thing as someone who goes to gigs quite a lot it does annoy me do you i yeah you should do, you should do a podcast about it i should do a podcast about it thanks for reminding <laughs> me i think i'll think about it and let you know um i get i get that the companies that are selling the tickets have to make money somehow and so i get that there's a fee that they'll charge for that but then just show me the total cost don't bother showing like if your ticket plus fee 
costs, I don't know, 12 quid. Don't tell me it's a £10.50 ticket plus a £1.50 fee. I don't care. I just want to know what I'm paying for this ticket. What really annoys me is when someone like Ticketmaster, who are absolute bellends and can fuck off, when they've got an exclusive because they're part of the, the like, you know, they, they're part of the touring company and the venue, it's all tied up to one. So you're, you're an overall company that is setting the price for this ticket. You're the only place I can buy this ticket. And yet you're also including a booking fee for the ticket. Just price the ticket. I don't give a shit. Just tell me how much it's going to cost. That's what really annoys it's, me. It's an, anything like that. Like, are we are we really in an age where so you've got to sell it? So the ticket's going to cost thirteen quid, but instead of say it's thirteen quid, it's nine pounds plus booking fee plus admin fee plus some other made up fee. To <laughs> yeah, make we it don't give up. a shit. Why? Why not just? It, are we are we still being fooled by like something being nine ninety nine instead of a tenner? Is is this is it that sort of thing? It's it's not too dissimilar. I mean, I'm literally looking at tickets right now for a Titans game. Hopefully, when I go in November, and they're ninety two dollars each, so one hundred eighty four. By the time you stuck in all the fees, that comes to two hundred thirty three, just under two hundred thirty three dollars. Like, so it's a substantial like, percentage, like fifty dollars worth of like just fees that are going to. I mean, granted, apparently some of it's tax and some of it's this, some of it's that, but the majority of it is is either processing fees or Additional, it's like twenty percent extra charge that they just put on top, which is assume I assume it's just Ticketmaster fees essentially. But yeah. it's just, honestly, grinds my gears. It's how how do we how do we as a company make money because we're not the NFL, we're charging extra stuff. But I don't care. I don't care what your fee is. Just tell me how much this seat costs exactly. at the end when I'm going to hit the checkout thing. It's an American thing as well with the taxes. I hate the fact that if you look at yeah. if you're in a grocery store or if you're in a, like a clothing store and you look at all the prices. You get unless you're in New Jersey or somewhere that doesn't charge sales tax, you get to the 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 end thing and you're like, oh, it's oh, it's that much. It's ten oh, percent more than it's yeah. Said I might it was not have bought there. it yeah. if I'd known it was going to be that much. Yeah, but it's I, too I, late then. I'm kind of used to that now, but first time I went, I was very much the yeah. same. Where I was sitting there thinking, oh, all right, this is a ninety nine cent drink, and then they're like, oh, can this is one one oh eight, and I'm like, where do you get the extra nine cents from? Uh, and it turns out it's like a nine or eight percent tax. I'm like, great. It's it's like the good old days where you used to have to pay ten pounds ninety to have a ten pound bet in William Hill. Tax. <laughs> That's true. Uh, amazing. It'd all be more tolerable if the service had got better with these expert ticket providing people, but it's actually worse. <laughs> I bought my mum and dad tickets to see Ed Gamble next year. And historically at this venue, I could have got them to post the tickets locally to their place in Sheffield for a nominal charge, or I could have got them to hold the tickets at the box office for my parents just to pick up when they got there. But now it's all handled through an external people. I had to get the tickets in my account and then transfer the tickets to my parents' Ticketmaster account. And that meant taking my laptop to Sheffield so they could log into their Ticketmaster account on my laptop because you can't do the ticket transfer on the mobile app. And my parents don't have a laptop anymore. So, yeah, that's, that's the new way of doing things where I have to travel with a laptop 200 miles to give them tickets rather than just have them left at the box office at the venue the box office that is still there did you have, did you have to wrap your laptop up to show it as a <laughs> present so you then had yeah. it opened up so it was like it's not the laptop it's just the tickets that show <laughs> bubble wrapped it all the way there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Um, Pat, what's your any other business? So as I, as I just kind of mentioned, I visited my folks this week. And um, if you're lucky, um, you kind of get to the point in your life where your parents kind of stop being these um, live forever omnipotent sort of figures and start being kind of um, frail and ephemeral. And it's a bit of a shock to the system, to be honest, when it happens. And it's it's certainly happened to me over the last few years. So my any other business is tell the people you love that you love them, make sure they know it and make the most of the time you have with them. That was quite deep and profound and yeah love it shall i mean about ticket yeah. prices again just so we can <laughs> get back to it. couldn't agree <laughs> more pat yeah but, absolutely yeah, on, um i've i was in, in my thing of i've watched breaking bad within the last year and i've nearly finished better call saul um a year and a bit after everyone's been talking about it, I've watched Ted Lasso recently. Um, so I'm, I'm well up there um, with the modern trends. Um, and I finally, after hearing people bang on about it, I've, I've sort of got to the point where I've had this natural resistance. You hear people banging on about something, you're like, oh, no, just shut up, I'm bored, because I, I didn't watch it. Um, but actually, if people are banging on about something, generally there's a reason and it's good. Um, I've finally, and this is a family thing, um, I've started watching Taskmaster Whee! after hearing you guys bang on about it for... So good. Yeah. Yes. So right from the start. Um, and yeah, I see what you mean. You've got, <laughs> fun, I mean, right? you've got, you've, what is it? it, must be like seven or eight seasons in now, right? There's 12 seasons of it. 12 is there now? There's 12. Okay. And it's all worth every second of watching it. It's brilliant, and you've got you've got like some really good series coming up as well. <laughs> I was still still at the first one, which is the same people every time. It seems to be the, um, yeah, the yeah. first yeah, one, yeah. and then it changes every, for the next every, series. Every series, yeah, changes. Yeah. So it's it's uh, Frank Skinner, um, Tim Key. Yeah, uh, I should remember really. Uh, uh, Josh, uh, Josh, Josh Whitaker. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's good fun. It's good fun. Uh, Greg da- Greg Davis is just is consistently it, excellent. Is Ramesh on that one? Or is uh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah he's on brilliant one. on it. Um, and Roshin, Roshin something. Connie, yeah, it was she's at, great. Utterly useless. Um, <laughs> it I mean, she I love the fact that she, <laughs> she she used to live with Greg Davis, I think, or like was really good mates with him and spent loads of time around his flat. So right. there's, there's what I love is the fact that a lot of the people that appear on it over the years have connections with greg so when um oh is it season seven or eight i think where um ah it's the one with rod gilbert the the most rod Rod gilbert clearly has known him for like a long long time and there's some brilliant things that come up during that season without spoiling any of that stuff for you that is just absolutely wonderful that's the most chaotic season same, same with, um, mike wozniak as well oh mike wozniak oh, that was just that that that's i mean you've got a long way to go before you get to that point adam but that's because <laughs> that's something i was only like the last series or one for you uh, that yeah. iconic moment greg Yes, <laughs> that that is the most anything on Taskmaster has ever backfired. Yeah, which is perhaps yeah. an unfortunate choice of phrasing, but I'm going to stick with it. 
I don't. I don't think it's the sort of thing you could. Spoilers are going to matter, so uh, yeah, don't don't worry about it too much. And it's been uh, out way long enough. Um, oh yeah, and also it doesn't actually matter who wins. You don't really care. No, I can't remember who won any of the episodes <laughs> I've watched so far. So that's it's entirely accurate. The only people that care are them, and then uh, Insta- <laughs> yeah, they do a bit too much. Yeah. is the only it's, one. In Sterling as well. Yeah, I, yeah. Just, yeah, there's some good ones. <laughs> cool, uh, Rich. Uh, well, I didn't really have much other than I turned 40 a week and a half ago, and it doesn't really feel any different. I don't know why people make a big deal over it. Um, wait, wait but... till you hit 42, mate. Jesus. Okay. Is that when it really kicks yeah, in? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, while we've been recording this, uh, I've been watching the Atletico Liverpool game. Uh, just go and watch the moment where Antoine Griezmann gets sent off. Uh, because what, what happens is that. Bobby Firmino is standing pretty much standard height uh, and Antoine Griezmann karate kicks him in the head and yet somehow the Atletico Madrid players still spend a good 5-10 minutes arguing that he shouldn't be sent off and footballers just need to at a certain point just accept decisions are made based on reasonable you know things from referees if it's not an obvious mistake with the referee stop arguing it because if something like that happens, the referee's pretty sure what's happened and he's going to send him off. How, how many times does a referee change his decision because of <laughs> someone arguing? Right. You might get a VAR thing or you might get one that's really borderline, but this was not. I mean, it's it's very much... I don't know if you can see that on my phone because it's too far from the camera, but basically it's a karate <laughs> kick at head okay. height. <laughs> First, Stephen and listeners think Peter Wynn at Southend. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. just about to say the same thing. But also, I was just, just tip of my tongue. Yeah, just uh, just talking about moaning about referees, and can someone tell Josh Allen that as well? Because he's he's starting to grow my gears, and just how how he much was, he's he argue, he was trying to argue about a false start, which I enjoyed. <laughs> oh, that was the one that got me. That was the one thing that got me during the Dolphins Jags game was Mike Gesicki complaining at every single decision on the field and calling for flags constantly. Like, chill out, mate. Seriously. You're not a wide receiver. Stop that. Stop acting like one. <laughs> Fair enough. Right, there we go. That'll do it for another week, I reckon. Thanks, Greg, for uh, filling in. Um, no worries, thanks, thanks Pat, for... Uh, yeah, well... For, yeah, exactly. Until the, the next time we need you, which might be next week. It might be three years' time. I have no <laughs> way of knowing. But yeah, enjoyable as ever. We'll do it again next week. Cheers, Bye. gents. Yeah, cheers, Pat, for reminding us all of our own mortality. Oh, well. <laughs> Try and do meaningful one every now and again. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Yeah, well, I, th- I thought mine was meaningful, but um, <laughs> slapped around the face by Pat's genuine, genuine, uh, genuine emotion on this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.